Okay, record to the cloud. Share screen. Take two. And here we are. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to Starry Alignment, your source for cosmic strategy and divine timing. My name is Stephanie Catalano, and I am a professional astrologer here to share the sacred rhythm of sacred the sacred rhythm of Mother Earth and Father Sky with you all. And my friend Ula Rose that is here with me today. She is our special guest back on the podcast. Those of you might remember her as Jennifer Reitmeyer, and she was uh, our host uh, for many daily episodes back in 2020, which is crazy. What a time. Um, and we said that we when we closed out the podcast that there would be a time where we re-collaborate, and the time has come with the Libra new moon. And we're going to be chatting about the Libra new moon, the Aries full moon, and some uh, Deccan magic. So just to give you guys some context, um, Alula was my first ever internet client from the podcast. And when we finished the session, I ran downstairs at my parents' house and I was like, mom, I think I just met my best friend. And um, Alula is a core support in my life and a dear, dear, mystical, magical woman to my heart. So I know that what we share today is going to be really powerful. And I'm so grateful Lula, for you being here and opening the space mm -hmm. for more uh, collaborations back on the podcast. Um, it's really nice to have a conversation, which is what I think astrology is all about. I love you so much. Thank you for having me. And if there are any people out there that remember me, sup? <laughs> I still love my name, Jennifer. I still resonate with it. Um, however, Stephanie actually gave a beautiful phrase for it, a sense of a higher name as a Lula Rose, so claiming that as I step into these deeper soul frequencies. Um, yeah, I'm ready to, to dive into some Libra. Awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we can zoom on in. So on our screen today, we have the new moon on the far left. If you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, you will have some visuals um, and hopefully they're clear. Um, sorry, y'all. It's, it's, um, we're working with what we got here, but we have on the left um, the Libra new moon, and then we have in the middle uh, the Aries full moon, and on the far right um, this beautiful Deccan wheel um, that gives us more information about the, the zodiac sign, its um, element, its Deccan ruler, and also the time of year and the oracle around so i'm really excited to work with the oracle around I, I know people talk all the time about the decans and the cards and tarot and astrology and i and i love the connection but i often don't weave through it so do you, i think do you have a lot of experience would you say with the tarot i know you're a tarot like wizard uh, yeah i'm a tarot gal but i i wouldn't say i have um a ton of experience because I know some people out there and let's also just fix this technology real quick there we go um yeah it's something I want to dive deeper into I'll say but I I do feel a strong resonance with like viewing the Deccan and the minor arcana cards of the tarot and it just gives like a whole nother layer of course nothing but layers oh my gosh and like when we were performing <laughs> performing we were preparing to perform 
and talk on the podcast today, we were really just seeing like these really cool patterns. So mm. um, Libra, new moon, um, we found out that the primary rulers of this new moon are um, Mercury in Virgo, retrograde, conjunct Venus, opposite Jupiter, almost opposite, right? Yeah. Almost. Almost. Like it's like, it's like a, there, Jupiter is across the board is what I see. So it's like, yeah. it's prominent. Um, but um, it's actually trining Pluto, which is like the big energy of this new moon. Um, but the primary rulers are Mercury in Virgo and Saturn in Aquarius. And the Deccan ruler is also Mercury in Virgo. Right. So Libra, Libra in the second Deccan, uh, or the first Deccan at two degrees. And the ruler of the first Deccan is the moon. Is the moon. In Libra. Yeah. And it's so, a new moon. It's a new moon in the moon. In the of place Libra. of in the place of the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, for those of you that don't know what decans are, um, the decans are the signs broken up into three parts. And then each of those parts um, by 10 degrees. So it's, you know, three divided by 10. Then there's 10 degrees ruled by a planet. And that planet's energy uh, is said to influence that core, that third piece. Mm. Right. So uh, it's just interesting. It's another interesting layer of code and, and um, placement to consider. Yeah. We were also reflecting on um, just the power of Mercury being one of the final dispositors of this chart and Mercury conjunct Venus, as you mentioned, in the last deacon of Virgo ruled by Mercury. So there's just this like hyper mercurial focus mm. with Mars and Gemini too. Mm. Um, just all of this buoyant air energy to, I think, kind of like illuminate where the balance needs to happen that Libra is calling us to harmonize. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll dive in. Yeah, that 10th <laughs> tenth pentacle, it's the 10th tenth, the tenth pentacles uh, with this new moon, essentially because Mercury is one of the final dispositors, meaning that, you know, we have the sun, we have the sun in Libra, the moon in Libra, Libra is ruled by Venus, Venus is in Virgo ruled by Mercury. Mercury rules uh, Virgo. Mercury is at home, which is why he's a primary ruler. And then Jupiter's in Aries ruled by Mars and Mars is in Gemini. And the sign that rules Gemini is Mercury. The only other planet left in the primary planets is Saturn and Saturn is at home. So with Mercury rule as the final ruler of this um, new moon and Mercury, interestingly enough, yeah, he's in the final decade um final decan of virgo so 10 10 of pentacles to me it just makes me think of uh like that beautiful tree of life full of the harvest and um just a lot of things to choose from a lot of things to think about um also it's an opportunity to like see everything that's come to fruition in the in the material and um how much abundance we have materially at this point in our life yeah, I'm going to sprinkle in a little flavor. Um, Go for it. Just resident Pisces here. Um, I think because Neptune's just been doing its thing in Pisces, it sometimes gets overlooked, but I think it's important to Mercury, zoom back there. Mercury conjunct Venus opposite Neptune still. That's been playing a little while. Um, 
and that being let's scroll back to the decans um ten of cups energy where neptune is in the last decan of pisces opposite ten of pentacles so i think there's a little bit of this this libra flavor of the balance as well is really much about like redefining our abundance and not getting so fixated with mercury oh there goes my rose quartz uh with mercury and venus kind of putting that emphasis on like material awareness but because they're the innermost planets i think sometimes they lack the large-scale view that neptune's like reminding us of spiritual emotional wealth and abundance with the ten of cups it's what what magic can be manifested in the material through the trust of the resonance of shared community deep deep that's deep <laughs> when we just getting started um, this is what it's like in our friendship like this every is day. us all day every day no. <laughs> um we've been friends for three years now too is that right no 2019 18 14 no no sorry four years since four years 18, 18. yeah yeah I always feel like it's 19 because um that's around the time we started collaborating you're um, so madly in love but that's also just this, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's just this lifetime so right um okay so yeah this is really interesting um so with mercury being in virgo um to rule this new moon in libra Obviously, we want to check in with that Libra energy and what Libra represents and how that Mercury influence plays a part. Do you have an idea? I was just, yeah. Yeah. So um, Libra. Libra is all about relationships. Uh, it's all about aesthetics in the material and that, that clearing of space, right? It's the fall where the wind pushes through and that this big cardinal air. Um, so it's, it's through intellect, through thought, through mercury in a way, um, through that air quality of airing things out in relationships, of airing out your space. Virgo really helps us to kind of clear the material and now the air gets to blow in whatever it is that we began to sort, um, or completed in our, in our sorting. So Libra season for me, I think of the scale and the heart and the feather and that the whole season is really just a testing of our relationship to the vibration that's coming out of our heart. Hmm, that's beautiful. There's a mirror all the time. Um, because as, as the leaves in, in the Northern Hemisphere turn and things are dying, that's like a, a, a sign for us to begin to let things go to create balance. Right. And it's... it's uh, the scale and the feather parable, just to touch on that a little bit for people that aren't familiar, like in Egyptian mythology, a tomb was like viewed as a transportation device to the afterworld. Like it, it was like a, a it's like a starship, you know? Mm. Um, but upon arriving in that afterworld, there's this sense of purgatory where we're first judging. Um, the heart was placed on a scale opposite the feather. And if the, the heart is heavier than the feather, it gets eaten by a crocodile god of the underworld. So it's just pretty, that's an intense depiction, of course, but I think we can also kind of view that crocodile as like Scorpio, right? On the other side of the Libra scales. Um, mm. Yeah, just to offer that. I think it's important though with Libra to explore, like balance can mean so many things if we just take it at face value. But the shadow side of that balance, like let's, can we explore some of the shadow of Libra? Of course. 
when it's not in its integrity of balance, when that axis point of the scale isn't at a true neutral justice sense or righteous sense of center. The scales and our systems with which we weigh and compare and contrast are then skewed. So I think the like the sheer importance of Libra and I think the really the power of this new moon being at two degrees as well, like that duality with Mars and Gemini. <laughs> it's just so much like integrity around uh, our balance. So shadow being, um, I think the shadow side of Libra can be a little bit of like codependence or recognizing what our needs are, but then not being like maybe accountable to bring ourselves back to a center to then ask from a place of balance for those needs to be fulfilled. Um, and just to like reveal myself a little bit, that was something, Steph, you were helping me guide through with a certain situation this morning we were talking through as friends of like, mm. you know, where are you as the neutral center of, mm. of the environment you're creating around you? Mm. And it's nice that Venus rules Libra and can help us in her symbolic archetype. If you just draw the symbol of Venus, a circle, a line and a cross and the cross that, that the symbol is very balanced in a very mm. like round, meaning feminine and also masculine. It's like a perfect balance of the divine masculine feminine with, with wings, you know, with that extra support, support. So the Venus energy reminds us of sisterhood. It reminds us of um, the beauty all around us and that there is beauty within us in our, in speaking from that balanced, integral place. There's so much beauty in embodying that balance. And a, and a mantra that's been coming up a lot for me is that I, I meet my own needs. So from the inside, saying I meet my own needs, that means that in no way will I become codependent to anything. Right, right. Because without anything, even if it's water, even if it's food, it's like my body is so intelligent that I meet my own needs in this moment now, no matter what. Uh, it's so beautiful because it's I meet my own needs. So then anything outside of myself, be, that experience can simply become like pleasurable. Yeah, because it's only enhancing. We're not seeking for... The bat, we're not basic seeking support, for the thing outside. Right, right. So yummy. If we expect the feather to be heavy, we're going to be disappointed. Mm. The right. feather is very light. The presence of God is like light as a feather. You got to be light to take flight. Um, There's our slogan. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so interesting too, because like Libra in the major arcana of the tarot, justice, of course the scales um i think it's the hermetic tarot if i'm not mistaken justice is depicted the name of the card like the, the sub name is the daughter of the lord of truth mm. so that to me is just interesting because it's like this balance balance breeds justice and therefore it serves truth That's really powerful. If I may just kind of go on a little bit of a, I was, a riff. I was like quieting because I feel, oh, I feel the you. wave. My Pisces. Pisces wave. <laughs> <laughs> She's coming. Um, I kind of wanted to save this for the full moon, but it's coming up now. So it, it's all relevant. Uh, I think to really understand the height and the potential of Libra's fullness um, is to recognize that like this is the sign in which Saturn is exalted. 
So it is, again, it's that accountability and Saturn being that middle decan of Libra, the ruler of the middle decan, it's like right in the center. So without uh, that strong spine, that strong backbone, we can easily get knocked over. Mm. Um, so yeah, justice, the daughter of the Lord of truth. And, and looking at like the archetype of what it means to be a daughter in relation is that maiden energy. So that's where like the Venusian can really flow and like just be revered when it's protected by our inner Saturnian oh, like center. No, mm. not, am I allowed to curse on here? Mm, we'll just make it explicit. Just, okay. I won't curse. Just not messing around. Couldn't say yeah, so it made me think of how... <laughs> The daughter, the daughter of the Lord of Truth, the Lord of Truth, which is Jupiter. Oh, I'm like Saturn, baby, but I feel like it's Jupiter, and then the balance of that dot, like the balance to the Lord of Jupiter, the the balance to the daughter of Jupiter is Saturn, because too much Jupiter will send you way off fucking the rails, way off the rails. Oh yeah. If you are way optimistic about how you're gonna find balance in your life, (laughs) and you are just way way like you're just like fantasizing what jupiter does um which we all do uh you will be like you will you will find the edge of jupiter you know it's like when you when you go beyond the limit you find the virtue of that and also a bit of the curse Mm -hmm. um so there's virtue in everything um but saturn helps us to be firm in our dreams and to be firm in our expansion and to be like aware of how we are rooted in what we are expanding toward Mm. if you just like expand with no root you know you how are you growing really right right I think too I love what you said like the limit just that visual I got from it um hang on Pisces download it's coming it's coming that collaboration. And again, I think that's the the highest form of Libra is like, it becomes collaborative when both individuals that are, or any dynamic, but the one-to-one relation, both are equally accountable. Then it becomes a true collaboration. It's not this like needy codependence. Um, and, and just what you're saying about like limit, limit like Saturn versus expansion, Jupiter. Um, the limit is like what we choose it to be out, out of honest, recognition of like what what we can hold in expansion wow yeah what the scale can hold what the scale can hold yeah yeah it's like going to the supermarket and what you put in the scale is what you buy and what you consume and where your money goes so just like anything whatever we put in our life is literally like weighing it on the scale to be purchased and consumed Mm. and is that something is that what we need Mm. you know and then putting putting the highest quality ingredients like on our scale so that we can create a beautiful life. Yeah, I just I'm I'm just like ruminating too with the scale being a tangible thing, the things we imagine ourselves weighing seeming tangible, but like really tapping into Libra as the cardinal air sign as well. It's more about like the space we make around the things we value to weigh them so they can be present right and not heavy yeah or like 
weight can also this is just me blasting off into like the quantum but like (laughs) weight (laughs) out of here um weight can also be like a kind of relative concept because like if you know like however x amount of pounds your body weighs if you're tired and you're not holding yourself and your spine upright Mm -hmm. the weight of your body can feel so much heavier than if you're like wow, I just woke up and drank tea and like had a great shower and my spine is stacked and aligned and I'm carrying my, my vessel effortlessly. Totally different. Totally different. And it's interesting that this new moon, um, it has this rulership of Mercury because it speaks to the ability to find balance under this new moon and in this season, uh, which is to be mindful of how you're thinking. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm just curious, the new moon itself, I think, yes. Um, What's going on here? Yeah. Um, it's that. in the first second of Libra, which is the moon. So then, the, then actually the, this like another partner is the moon. So it's like Mercury and the moon, this combination of like thought and communication, communicating how we feel through our body language and through our actions. Yeah. Really is that balance of the mind and, and the heart or the, the energetic field, mm. which is the moon. Because mm. the moon's a, an illuminary. And I feel like humans are almost like a version of the moon because we feel just like the moon ebbs and flows. We're just like the moon um, and that we are luminaries. Yeah, of what we believe and what we think. Very seasonal. Very seasonal. Yeah. Cyclical. Cyclical. Yeah. Changing. Yeah. Changing yet constant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like material form, but includes shadow that you wouldn't see from the surface or depth that you wouldn't see from the surface. Oh, I want to shout out Emily Carding is the author of my all-time favorite tarot deck, Tarot of the Sheed, the one you probably know and love by now, mm-hmm. years of readings with that one. Um, for the moon, the major arcana card in the moon, there's just one phrase that always stuck out to, to me, and it's it's that she, and I quote, <laughs> the moon, wait, oh no, I might paraphrase a little, something along the lines of the moon shows but little of her face, yet it belies her presence. Mm. Wow. Right. It's powerful. So I think it's, um, that's, I, I say that to tie in, like, I think this Mercury retrograde back in Virgo now is such a gift because we're able to really re- refine through our communication, like in trust that we don't need to share everything, no matter how much we share, it's always going to the belie the fullness of our presence, but the impact of refining what we do share and maybe not sharing as much as we feel we need to. I think also gives that like regal quality of Libra. Mm, yeah. Libra is very reserved. Mm, refined. I actually don't, I don't know many Libras. Your 12th house. It is my 12th house. <coughs> um, but I feel like Libras are very reserved because they don't have to say much to, to affect change. Mm. Because it's that v- Venus Yang force. So it's still Venusian. It's still like a feminine force. Uh, but it does impact change, Libra. 
yeah. is cardinal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting too. It's like just by coming into balance, we enact change. Exactly. Because it almost feels like, oh, it should be a fixed sign. Like, no. <laughs> well, even, even balancing is change. Like the act of choosing to balance is the act of making a change. Got to be a notable shift. So some aspects we can yeah let's do back over here. What's one of the first aspects that stands out to you? I'm like turned on by Mars and Gemini trining Saturn, mm. just because of where it falls in my personal chart. But just like collectively speaking, um, it's it you got to be careful with that energy because Mars and Gemini is a lot. Uh, but I think, again, it's just kind of emphasizing what we're saying about this Mercury retrograde with like Mars and Gemini. It's really, we're able to harness how powerful our words are and to understand as a, not even just as like, a, yeah, words are, words are spilled, sure. But really like feeling that dimension of what am I claiming with my tongue? What am I penetrating to Mars with my tongue? very powerful yeah the trine is off by one degree it's a one degree trine and the next day or the day after the new moon it will perfect i think we found out it's wednesday right yeah okay that makes sense yeah so wednesday that might have been something else but yeah soon soon it happens soon it's really soon um it's happening essentially now over this new moon um so we're bringing in that Saturn energy and there's a fusion of responsibility and taking action. Yeah. Taking a responsibility to support the collective as well. I feel like with this global recession, um, which is ruled and created by Saturn and in combination with all the things, but Saturn and Aquarius (laughs) is literally cyclical recession. Um, You can look up the rhythms of Saturn and Aquarius, and there's always a, a drawback in the world finance, financial situation, um, so that there can be innovation. And, you know, we are now as individuals within this society where we've recognized our interconnectedness, um, realizing that we do have influence. And it really is through our weirdness and our, our uniqueness mm. and through our fixed air, what we literally tend to ruminate on constantly in our mind. That's our gift. And the trining is like causing us to easily take action on what's been ruminating in our mind. Yeah. It's just so exciting. I think it's such a gift too, like this aspect happening while Saturn's retrograde. And I just want to point out too, with Mercury retrograde, like both of the final dispositors of this chart are retrograde. So this new moon, it almost, it feels less like a, a completely blank slate new beginning as much as like, it's like a true second chance. It's something our hearts, we already know we desire, but this is our opportunity to like revise it and see how we reapproach it and claim it with our words from a place of maturity and a place of integrity. And that um, what we were exploring with the theme of Libra, like that ownership is absolutely necessary for harmonious collaboration because otherwise we're you know falling on one another and like putting our needs and our worries and all of it but if we're just so radically accountable thank you saturn and aquarius 
it all harmonizes. So yeah. Yeah, it's really important to be mindful of what we act on because of the impact of these uh, malefic planets in a beneficial trine with one another. <laughs> Pretty wild. Yeah. With that, can we scroll to the recording? Sure. Just because... looking at the entirety of this, um, Mars will have kind of pretty much moved out of orb at this point, but using the degree Mars was at under the new moon, when we see the fruit of this, the sun and Venus will be in grand air trine with Saturn and Mars. It's wider, but so it's just interesting. Mm -hmm. Like we get that trine more exact with Saturn and Mars under the new moon, but then as it builds and blossoms to the fullness um, the sun is then meeting Saturn to illuminate even further. Mm. I wonder what the midpoint of all of those degrees are, not to calculate it, but it's just really curious. You saw me lean in. Oh, if you want to, <laughs> I, my mind can't, my mind can't do that kind of math. Um, but if you can, I would be really curious to know. Um, but basically Saturn is at 18 degrees. Uh, Mars is at 22 and the sun and Venus are, it looks like 15, 16. It's a little hard to read. Sun's at 16. I think Venus at 13. 13. Whoa. Um, so yeah, it, it's like there's got to be a midpoint of that, of these degrees. And um, yeah, it's just really interesting to see how they're all like blending and what they what they ultimately touch. Mm -hmm. um, but it is like a like you said, a grand air trine on the full moon of the culmination of this new moon in libra air energy so i don't know i'm so excited because i think this is what we've all been waiting for yeah. since 2020 which is so ironic that we're back on the podcast taking action and bringing back old gifts because saturn does that for us saturn you know just surfaces the it's like an oak tree you know mm. there's rings of wisdom as we grow like those original rings like still exist and we literally create foundation, we create our foundation or with based on what was in the center through time. So all the things that we've done throughout our life, um, we're beginning to remember how we can utilize that to create more abundance and structure in our lives so that taking action doesn't hurt us. It fulfills us, turns us on and, and is in alignment with what we really desire. It's powerful. It's powerful. And it's this trine includes Venus as well. So it's like a really beautiful artistic resurgence into yeah. the world. I think it's beautiful too. Like the, the new and full moons both have Pisces rising on the chart. Wow. So through all of this motion happening, like, mm -hmm. oh, I just resonate with this because of my own chart. Like Saturn in the 12th house of these charts and that trying to Gemini is in the fourth. So I feel like Mars and Gemini, like getting kind of anchored by Saturn, by our more subconscious desires. And in, with that concept of home, I feel like it's showing us also a deepened trust. Like, as you mentioned, these cycles, looking back to 2020, um, that it's, it's always safe to roam and we can trust that we'll always, always be magnetized back to like the pure, callings of our heart space and even as this air energy this more mental buoyance like pulls us through these cycles so we it, it's really just calling us to 
to realign, but we're never actually as far as we feel. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saturn in the 12th house is like to trust yourself so deeply, trust in your wisdom and your authority. Oh, right. Because what happens when we don't trust our authorities, we give our power away. Yeah. We think we're not powerful enough. We think we're not wise enough. We think we don't have enough time um, to demonstrate what we know to be true. Um, and we need more time before we can take action. And this, this energy is just um, showing that we are evolved to the point where we're ready to move. Um, everything is still retrograde, though, um, by the time we hit this full moon. Um, Mercury will be direct. So bless, bless. Um, yeah, that will help. So the beginning of this month is a little slow, but it's going to like really speed up. Um, and you know, the full moon and the new moon are in the eighth house. If we're talking about the center of, if you live in New York or if you live in the East coast or uh, Eastern standard time, this is even more relevant, but we also believe that as we do this Oracle reading, this is like for the world. So um, either or or both um, this energy, these new moons are in the eighth house and um, it's about being really comfortable with basically reclaiming the the taboo, whatever we feel is taboo or we're afraid to, you know, do to create balance in our life. But that taboo thing is, um, the thing we're supposed to remind others it's okay to embody yeah we have to transcend our shame around it to Mm. rise into sovereignty whatever we feel shameful about also needs to be rectified Mm. Mm. okay just probably you know how i have to translate Mm-hmm. colors and things mm-hmm. it's good so, to, it's good to let it settle yeah i think it's so okay there's i think there's a lot of like motion in the world as well and i think it's very beautiful and well intended like there's a lot of call to make spaces safer and there's a lot of movements to normalize that's like a big word being used right now is like normalize this normalize that mm-hmm. And I think that's our inner child, like seeking that permission from the outside world. But all of this Saturn Mars is like, it it doesn't, you don't need anyone to give you that permission. And you'll never truly feel safe until you claim that for yourself. So nothing needs to be normalized externally. We normalize it by hugging those points of shame. Mm. And being being willing to hold, to be responsible for the Gemini energy of our expression. There is a shadow and a light and we have to be responsible for whatever we choose to do. We don't just do it recklessly and just be like, I'm beautiful and I'm perfect and everything's great. Like you have to know that as you move, there's always gonna be a shadow and you, and you will continue to, your path forward is rectifying your past. Mm. And it's completely normal to have to do that. It's completely normal to have to do that. Exactly. And you don't have to justify it. Right. Right. And then we can meet the, another side of like the Libra archetype as the diplomat. 
Hmm. There's like a sense of diplomacy and like, you're just, we internally calibrate with the skills, the shame and the empowerment to then just be able to advocate from a really neutral place to others. So it's not justifying to others because we don't need that permission. Again, thank you, Saturn in Aquarius. Hmm. We have our own authority. Um, but then our communication simply becomes as a means to extend understanding rather than seeking permission, seeking anything. Validation. Right. Diplomacy in a pure form. Wow. That's a very powerful word. The word, a word we don't often use. Right. It's almost like I have to begin to decide what I believe that means because I don't have a relationship with that word. Mm. But that word is powerful. It's almost like the word sovereignty. Like what Very does that word mean? Words. Sovereignty yeah. is, yeah, self-governing. Yeah. And that's a big part of this cycle. Mm-hmm. Activation through the beginning of fall where we, you know, with this recession, there is a feeling for everyone involved. It's like, what will I have by the winter when it's cold? Mm. But if you're sovereign and you self-govern, you'll have anything and everything that you need. Mm, I'm glad you said need as well. Because I feel like the this grand air trine too, just like Saturn connecting to the sun under this full moon is like the fine line between desire and need. Yeah. Because when we are creating anything we don't get what we desire entirely. We often have, a desire comes from a vision and that's a projection. And reality is not your projection. Reality is your projection plus everyone else's projection. And therefore your desire is something that you lead with, but it's not something you attach to. Yeah. Because if you get attached, you get, you then are literally in the, in the negative space. Oh, I feel like another slogan for this, like full moon chart can be like, it's like the cosmos is saying like, tell me what you want and I'll show you what you need. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. Tell me what you want. I want to make a little song, <laughs> not on the spot, but tell me what you want and I'll show you what you need. And then we also like, again, I think Saturn being prominent in this as well, like there is that sense of like humbling. A true diplomat knows how and when to be humble. Yes. Um, Super humbling. Super humbling. Super humbling in these times. These times are extremely humbling. People that have- Alarmingly so. Like people that have quote unquote everything or people that you assume have it all, even them, they're realizing that they don't. And right. And that we also need each other. We need that Aquarian Gemini support in Libra. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Gemini, Mars and Gemini is like allowing us to kind of use our energy to stir up the different facets of truth and understand who is aligned with our thinking. Not necessarily that anything is right or wrong. Mm. You know, I think collectively we've decided there's certain truth in this world that are right or wrong. But generally speaking, there's so much nuance that then Libra is like, okay, we found the people that share our, our truths and values. Now how can we harmonize and weigh these scales to relate through it? And then Saturn, not Saturn, sorry, Aquarius takes all of that and like just elevates it to the highest of 
true communal sharing. How the economy, the government is supported by authentic sharing. Yeah. Because essentially when you think of a, when you think of a civilization functioning properly, it is compartmentalized into different beings working on different things. Right. And that's what humans are meant to do. Just like all animals or beings within energy space kind time continuum is to kind of exist in these nuclear nucleuses of yeah. creativity. Yeah. So yeah, with Libra season, we're always bringing in more support in terms of relation and outside stimulus for the art we want to create. Mm. So yeah, um, this, this new moon is also trining Pluto. Um, we have Venus and Mercury conjunct trining Pluto, Pluto, um, the ruler of the underworld. So there is a part of relationships right under this new moon in this cycle and this little 12, one out of 12 parts of the year's chapters. Uh, there's a lot of transformation, massive transformation going on in relationship, especially in how we communicate. And a lot of the work that we do is actually in saying less because Mercury is right. retrograde. Right. It's like body language um, actually does a lot of the work and um maintaining a loving <coughs> being loving in your embodiment will mm. do a lot of the work for you i'm glad you brought up pluto too because i think so much of this as well is like preparation like the reality is pluto and aquarius is right around the corner oh yeah <sighs> yeah so just, uh, sorry, I'm just rewinding ever so slightly, just like all the beautiful wisdom you were saying about like the collective energy with this Aquarius stuff, like it almost feels as like peaceful and calibrating as this moon cycle is, I think, especially with Jupiter opposite the new moon retrograde, <laughs> there is like a sense of like the pullback of the slingshot of the catalyst. Like there's ever so slightly a dash of urgency, I would say. Like there is just that encroaching awareness of, I don't want to say, not the clock is ticking because we're always changing all the time, but there is a sense of like, because this is a revision, because the final dispositors of this chart are both retrograde, it's how can we really get serious this time and, and refine those initial visions we've had? So we don't experience hell. So we don't experience hell. So we don't experience the shadow of Pluto. Can I share a little like story of like sure. what I said to you? So love stories. Um, yeah, just driving the other day, it, like hit me really hard. I passed a sign. It was magical exit number 11. Um, and it, it was like purgatory road or purgatory drive. It was like, just had purgatory and like big letters as I'm driving and just really like in a meditative state. And yeah, it, it's kind of like, this is our holding ground. Like we really do choose which realm we're stepping into especially with pluto involved yeah it makes me think of the saying uh, choose your heart mm. choose your heart as what that implies is that everything is essentially hard in some way there's always a challenge yeah and we get to choose um what we are putting ourselves up against and honestly we can ease that as much as we want whenever we want to create balance because there's no point of like fighting against the devil 
basically dancing with the devil. Right. You kind of just put put down the things and use your body to communicate through the space. Yeah. That Capricorn energy too, like the devil. Hmm. Yeah, I'm cap cap. We said Capricorn because it's in. I was thinking of Saturn. Now you got Saturn in Aquarius, but you're talking about Pluto in Capricorn, Capricorn and they're really being the essence of the devil right now. Yeah, Capricorn rules the the devil in the major arcana yeah. of the, the tarot. Uh-huh. So just that. Mm. Oh, thank you. I wanted to see what Deccan. Um, Pluto's in the sun's Deccan. Yeah, and the sun is in Libra. The sun is in Libra. So it's like making practical choices. Mm. The the escape from hell is practicality. And also seriousness and urgency. Maturity. Maturity. Just, yeah. We can be collaborative and dreamy from a place of adulthood. (laughs) Mm. Recognizing the karma and your choices. I remember I was sharing from my heart with you earlier as well, just like feeling my own self in my Saturn return, those choices. I was saying, oh, I could do this and really rise further into my queen energy and my womanhood. But there's a piece of me that wants to revert and go to like, you know, the more free spirited, bohemian, like teenager that I was. Mm. Um, So I think just being aware as well of like what parts of our inner self are desiring what and recognizing like where it's coming from internally allows us to avoid really committing to something and and then finding out later on we're dancing with the devil instead of actually liberating ourselves yeah what we're committing to yeah major choices can be made that um are made from a shadow place but that's always um but especially right now Mm -hmm. you know um I just want to touch on the fact that the North Node is still conjunct Uranus. Thank you. <laughs> um, and um, I don't see any major aspects that is squaring Saturn. That's a big one. I know you wanted to talk about that. Um, that's mm. pretty much the only major aspect that Uranus is making in this chart. And then Neptune is opposite. Um, why do I keep thinking? It's so interesting because of this like, Neptune opposite Mercury and Venus, like this whole stellium of opposites between Aries and Pisces and Libra and, and Virgo. Virgo. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, anyway, the only aspect that I see Uranus making is to Saturn. So it's a square where, you know, obviously the choices that we're making are going to be pretty spontaneous, seemingly spontaneous within the long term cycle of our life but also like destined and willed like electric, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like this is the second out of three squares, right? I think we have one more when Saturn's direct, it's going to square Uranus one more time. Mm -hmm. So again, I think just placing even more emphasis that this uh, moon cycle is very much a revision of what's already on the table. Exactly. And, and, and a, a challenging of commitment, a challenging of commitment super challenging of commitment because I think I think that what we're up against is sort of like odds we weren't expecting Mm. Mm. 
but that's I like part of the game board as we weren't expecting yeah and it's funny because I was talking about like the shadow of Libra being like almost leaning into commitment as like codependency as a shadow side but then we can look at like the shadow of like Aquarian energy can be like lone wolf syndrome where we're like wounded and don't want to lean it we're like afraid to commit to anything because we don't feel like we don't need it or we're a burden or like so it's just an interesting important yeah oh go ahead yeah I was just chiming in there I was resonating with you. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Aquarius just like doesn't feel important. It's like a big shadow of Aquarius. It's just like, I'm just a one little star amongst the galaxy. But really. Oh, it's powerhouse. Yeah. So I just think it's interesting, like the Saturn trine. Now I'm jumping back to the full moon a little bit. But when the sun in Libra hits that trine to Saturn. Um, that balance of like, I think some people will learn, wow, I don't need to commit to that because I'm capable on my own and other people need the opposite medicine of, I don't need to be such a lone wolf. I can lean in and receive Mm. and trust my wisdom Mm. to commit to a timeline. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else that's speaking to you in relation to that square to Saturn and Uranus and the North Node? let me just I'm gonna drop in I think like the visionary side of Aquarius like with Saturn there it's Uranus shaking up the north node and Taurus like fixed earth it's like the literal the very literal material tangible Um, we're getting shaken up because we're literally the paradigm shifting and we're learning how to trust our vision beyond how the the tangible things in our life seem to change but it's almost like we're transcending our attachment to the form of matter Mm -hmm. it's like I don't know part of the trippy side of me is like we're entering a realm where soon like this chair could just like disappear and be something else um, but not to get too woo-woo and out there. I think there's I'm gonna rewind and we'll cut that out. Uh just the tangible, yeah. Saturn is like teaching us how to trust in this square to Uranus that like Uranus can come through and shake up. It's literally breaking up like, oh, I just had the image of like a vibrating massage chair it's like literally breaking up the density in your body and like breaking up the like calcified tissue so that the visionary of Aquarius like the light can shine through kind of like yeah yeah let that sit yeah there's a lot of um long-term um imprints that we've had since we were children that are getting eradicated like beliefs that make us feel inefficient insufficient or unable because saturn is the opposite opposite of that like the highest exaltation of saturn um knows what it's capable of so the shadow of saturn is to like feel incapable so when we're when we're younger saturn to me is also just like this depiction of like the lifespan 
because it's like it works in 30 year cycles yeah so um whenever saturn is being challenged there's it's literally parts of our like memory and our imprints and our quote-unquote inner child um but a lot of those imprints are being uh challenged in a way that allows us to see things differently more innovatively um but it might be in ways that you weren't expecting or in ways that feel like kind of abrupt or jarring or like you cannot like escape it it's just like zapping you <laughs> and um surrendering to changing your mind and um welcoming a new way of approaching something that maybe have previously triggered you mm. allows for that expansion and growth and like action in a direction that you know speaks to your higher self yeah I love that you brought up the 30 year cycles too, because I think in like this decision-making energy we're having this moon cycle, um, Saturn's like helping us hold that vision of like, what, what decisions am I making now? And how will that impact who I am 30 years from now? Mm. What do I want my life to be 30 years from now? Do I dare to claim that far ahead? It can always be revised in a way, but certain things with Saturn, like it's like, oh, if we're 30 years from now and, and we say, oh, I, I actually wanted that mm. <laughs> in my life, there are certain things that we, you have to lay the bricks down for. Yeah. And that's a thing I think people kind of avoid. Like a lot of, I think a lot of spiritual conversations I've witnessed more recently, like a lot of people avoid the reality of like our mortal syndrome. And that's why I love Saturn. Because there, sometimes there is such things too late. And we have to come to terms with that. Absolutely. So the last time that Saturn was at 19 degrees was around March 2nd. And Mercury was conjunct Saturn. Uh, Saturn was direct. Uh, and Jupiter and the sun and the moon were conjunct. So that we had the new moon in Pisces at the beginning of March. Oh, that was so dreamy. And at that time, we were having dreams around what like you said those 30 year cycles that we know that we wish that we would create and with mars retrograde back at 19 degrees right now under this new moon um it's i think that we are much more ready than we were back then to to commit but there is more work to do since saturn is retrograde right. um but it's an interesting stepping stone in relation to that story of what was happening at the beginning of spring this year in terms of our confidence of what we're trying to build. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I love looking back to the retrograde points. Oh my God. At the same, on this day, <laughs> on this day, Venus, Mars, and Pluto were conjunct to the very degree. A 27 Capricorn. Yeah. So the dream is about Really, I feel like people coming together to take action. Venus, Venus conjunct Mars, these kinds of energies create comfort in taking action with others or taking action in a collaborative way. Yeah. It's funny, right around that time, uh, a workshop I hosted, like it was a big theme, like was just talking about devotion. Because mm. mm. Venus, Mars conjunct Pluto and Capricorn. Mm yeah beautiful so I feel complete with the new moon if we want to dive into the full moon yeah I know we've kind of that's me I've been 
bouncing back and oh, forth no. a little bit, I'm but I love really assessing the integrity of like the whole cycle because mm. these are just static moments, but this is really like one minute of this whole month that we're seeing like the, the impact from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this full moon conjunct Chiron in Aries. I think we're coming to terms with accountability of like our emotional reactions of our own wounding as individuals. <laughs> so that we can like what a blessing Venus is right by the sun, even though it's combust. I think it's gonna be a little tricky, potentially. Um hmm. but I feel like I'm re- repeating myself but it's just patterns that Mm -hmm. are so apparent in this cycle again like accountability for our own emotions and our own reactions to our own wounds liberates us from projecting that onto other people so we don't fall into those codependent situations and again it can just be a pleasurable collaborative experience yeah I feel like with this full moon we really all become healers in a sense and we recognize that us being present is literally a healing act it's literally it it's wonderful it's literally it it's gonna be a really nice full moon i think um opposite venus there might be this feeling of like it's funny because when you clean yourself if you're out of alignment it feels lonely and that's why you start clinging on to people to clean you as you clean yourself right and venus opposite the moon and chiron like if you're out of alignment you're going to cling like that as you step into your power but Really, it's really just knowing that there's me and there's you. Yeah. And I can see you and you can see me and we are both healing each other. Like that's a different vibration than that need to like cling or blame. Save me. (laughs) Yeah. Or like desire that beautiful thing outside of you. Right. You want it to desire you back. Right. Oh, you and I were talking about magnets the other day. Mm. There has to be like the mutuality of resonant attraction like resonant pull to anything we're doing or interacting with whether it's a a person anything yeah otherwise if it's the same charge like people it's funny because people trauma bond when they have like parallel wounds but actually they're like repelling because the magnets have the same charge so two negative magnets are repelling and even though it feels safe on the surface level of codependence internally on a soul level you're actually just repelling each other farther from your own source. Yeah. So under this full moon, it's like the medicine is just to see the beauty in, in individuality. And that um, the more you can be your true self. And it and it's so funny because it's an Aries. Yeah. <laughs> Spicy. Most independent. Most. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) that was funny. Um, I feel like Aquarius and Aries are kind of in a tie for independence, but Aries wins ever so slightly in my eyes because it comes from the youthful exuberance, exuberance, sorry, youthful exuberance of independence. It's not an independence that has to be like grown into or claimed. It's kind of how most of us dare I say all of us are when we're like born we're just like curious mm-hmm. it's the fool card we're just like curious to be in and of the world divine will divine will ruled by mars 
and I love like Aries placements, like shout out to our dear friend, Hope, like uh-huh. just, just like, this is what I'm doing because I want to. Wow. Yeah. Scorpio rising Aries yeah. sun. We love you, mama. Love you. Akasha. <laughs> go to, Hosh- go to akashayogainstitute.com right now and join us for 333 every morning. We do Kundalini with Hope and it's free. And she has other amazing offerings on her website, incredible yin yoga classes, et cetera, et cetera. Just unreal. We'll put it down below. I'll put it. Yeah. Akasha Yoga Institute, y'all. Tell her Jen and Steph sent you. (laughs) (laughs) She'll already know with her Aquarius moon ass. (laughs) Oh, she'll know. She's super psychic. And she's also an astrologer. So amazing. Um, But yes, that Aries energy just like there's almost no separation between like, this is my desire. And so I am moving towards it in full trust mm-hmm. because it, and it's funny. It's like the sages, a sage archetype would call that foolish, but there's so much wisdom in the fool because it hasn't been programmed to even believe otherwise yet. Yeah. And I think that this uh, trine, this grand air trine with Saturn, it's about uh, not being too foolish to forget your desired programming. I think that life is all about like, de- like desiring a certain program and doing your best to create your life so that you operate within that program because you're always under a program. And if you don't choose your program, so the universe will choose for you or like the people around you, the environment will choose for you. So yeah, it's like, choosing the the route that allows you to be independent and you know you know the route and you're you can be foolish you can be like oh I don't know what's gonna happen I'm just gonna try but you also are integrating everything that you know yeah thank you I just had a a little mini download I'm gonna keep Mm. speaking that wisdom I just want to pull something up yeah um so yeah it's really exciting that on this full moon Mercury will be direct and it will be opposite Neptune though, which is super interesting. Um, there is this consideration of, of how we can build our dream. We see our dream very clearly under this full moon. And it's good to know that the, the expression of the dream, the actualization of the dream is very um, conceptual at the moment. Go ahead. You wanted to share? Well, I just, uh, so I found (laughs) if I looked a little spaced out, it's because like Fool on the Hill by the Beatles was playing in my head. Mm. And I just love, let me just find the right part. Well on the way, head in a cloud, there's Neptune. Mm. Man of a thousand voices, Mars and Gemini, (laughs) talking perfectly loud. But nobody ever hears him or the sound he appears to make. He never seems to notice. So nobody seems a little harsh, but it's almost just like that carelessness of like, you're not receiving what I'm saying. That That's okay. I know my vibration is true. But then later on, the song flips at the bridge. Um, he never listens to them. He, the, the meaning the fool is he. The fool never listens to them. He knows that they're the fool. So it's almost interesting. It's like taking judgment out of it. We can look at like the celebration of like letting our differences just be neutral. Like 
Is that, are you following? Is that, that's that that's sense? literally like the key to peace in life. Right. You, you put that key in and you're, he's like, you're not listening to me because you think I'm a fool. You're the fool. I'm not listening to you. But it's like, a, we can take that as like a lighthearted way. It's like for the expectancy of like everyone to listen to everything all the time is like madness. Yeah. And Neptune casting this cloud, like it will literally drive us to insanity if we don't just claim the sanctity of our individual vibration. Mm. And uh, therefore, but in order to do that in a, in a way that's righteous, bringing it back to Libra, we also have to accept that about others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. It might be difficult to, it's interesting because like, you get you get the both you get both sides of everything at all times like there's the shadow and the light all the time right so with with uh, mercury direct still in its shadow so i feel like that's relevant okay um and so mercury will still be in its shadow uh but um that you know because it's in its shadow the communications are a little bit difficult to like get across than when it's direct so they say and um, with Mercury opposite Neptune, um, there might be some people that you communicate with where it's like a dream. Like, it's just like, holy, you're meeting like healing people who can understand like the depths of mysticism mm. and your, your awareness of reality. And then there will be people that you connect with that are just like, like you said, in the clouds, like have no idea but that where you're you're relating to yeah but I think it's also important we claim that like all of that Mm -hmm. let me just take it off low battery mode so we stop losing our screen Mm -hmm. um it's it's all relative like my perception of of someone else being in the clouds they probably perceive me that way yeah yeah I'm also I'm just sharing that there's an anticipation of like being able to mentally connect with people that are like oh yes on the same level of mysticism as us or on or not it's like one or the other but the but the true connection the true like dreamy people that connect to our mm. minds are going to come yeah i think too saturn and aquarius being so prominent like not taking that for granted either like humbling ourselves to not just like let that be disposable yeah like as they come, greet, greet with reverence. Mm. Yeah. So this full moon will be in Aries. So this full moon is a time where, um, again, looking back to March around spring equinox, mm. like what were you doing then? And, and how is it blossomed? How is it harvested to where you are now? Uh, how does it relate to your wounds? How does it relate to uh, what you were deeply afraid of then? And, and I think under this full moon, it's like, we are elevating to the point where those wounds six months ago are now healed and we're starting to like run at a new pace yeah. toward whatever we're meant to be. Cause we can see the, the, how we can see the work, even if it feels like we didn't do anything or it's not really like good enough or there's still more work to do. We can still have really a lot of gratitude for whatever it is that we've been able to create. Um, especially with Jupiter and Aries, there's a lot of wisdom to the things we've initiated over the last six months. Yeah. Mm. 
just taking this in real quick. So Aries. Okay, there we go. Technology is being fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the full moon as well being um, in the sun's deacon mm. in Aries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything you want to say about that? Well, that would mean that Libra, that Libra energy has a little bit more weight because the sun's in Libra. Um, mm. I think that because it, it because of that Libra influence and where the sun is, it's like there are a lot of things that are going to happen that create balance. And um, what is the decan of the sun? It's um, like who's the ruler of the second decan of Libra? Libra, Saturn. <laughs> yeah. So exalted. Yeah. So yeah, I really felt this like there's needs to be like. A, the cutting of things out and also a more structure that is created under this full moon a lot more structure and routine desired routine um to be able to take action from yeah and again just like the saturn bringing like a very kind of sobering reality ultimately yes yes um of how to not be a child because Aries is the child. Yeah. Like we can't, we can't build our structure until we commit to what we're utilizing to build it. Yes, exactly. Every single thing that goes on that scale will change the outcome. Right. And it's like just as much as the absence of something on that scale changes yes. the outcome. Yes, yes. And that's why there's a lot of like, move like removing things yeah streamlining whether it's like physical things or um behaviors behaviors yeah and thankfully mercury will be direct and i feel like that allows for a lot of the mental resistance of what needs to change to really dissipate it's like oh no we're actually talking about this like i'm talking about what i was resistant to when mercury's retrograde Mm. I mean, it's like literally an action. It's happening. I'm sending that email. I'm, you know, at that market. I am speaking to that client because what I was ruminating on, what I was retrograding on, um, now is really just coming out because that's what my structure, that's what my divine will is asking me to create. Mm. Inner structure. It's like knowing what your inner structure is so you can create it outside of yourself. Yeah. I think that's why you said this earlier, like it's so important under this new moon while Venus is conjunct Mercury to really like clarify those values and how we're moving forward because at this full moon, this opportunity, like Venus soon to align in the heart of the sun mm -hmm. as well. Direct. Like really bringing it mm, to light. Mm -hmm. And the light too. I mean, the sun, like it's, nothing can really hide from the sun yeah i just want to share that venus kazimi what day it is um it's at zero scorpio i know that much yeah so it's crazy it's actually zero 
exactly on the same time as the full moon. So I just moved forward in time. I didn't change the time of day. The perfection to the second of Venus Kazemi is on October 2nd. I'm sorry, October 22nd, 2022 at 4.54 p.m. Woo! And this full moon is also at 4.54 p.m. It's very weird that the actual conjunction is at the same time just a few days later. Uh, It's a Saturday. So y'all, Venus Kazemi is one of the most sacred days. All Kazemis are so sacred. And what they do is they allow the planet to align with Earth and the sun perfectly to to the second to the degree. And what happens is that we get a fusion of the sun's rays with that planet into our DNA and our consciousness and environment. So it's not a matter of like, oh, I must do this ritual. It's like the moment is such an intense download in and of itself. So there's really, you don't have to do anything. It's just a day to be aware if you have something planned or you have the space to plan something or the space to create the space uh, (laughs) to uh, show up in that, on that day and just like be able to be in ritual, however you feel inclined. Um, so this is a Kazemi between Libra, uh, Venus and Libra, Venus and her home sign conjunct the sun with also Mercury back in Libra mm. on the day of that Kazemi. Um, so, and also v- uh, Jupiter will be at zero degrees Aries, uh, and it will be an Aries ascendant. Uh, on the day of the Venus Kazemi so wow and the moon will be passing over where Mercury is at the time of this full moon yeah exactly so this full moon I would pay attention to how it connects to your plans around the Venus Kazemi um and that you know really astrology leaves clues for intuition and intuition is your survival (laughs) so if you're worried about how you're gonna feed yourself shelter yourself expand, help your community. Because essentially, once you meet your own needs as a human, you start to now think, how can I support others? So you might be concerned about yourself and your well-being because that's like a survival process. We all literally just exist in this world, like trying to survive and thrive. So um, when you are contemplating how to do that, um, I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm going on a tangent. It's all good. Um, we're talking about intuition survival and intuition. Is your survival. Intuition is your survival. So like astrology helps you to like tune into when your intuition is going to be pinging you. And whatever you're told at that time, you have to decipher with good morals and good values. But if you have that, which astrology teaches you and the embodiment of these archetypes teaches you. And it's not even, it's just astrology is the practice of considering balance through archetypes (laughs) right so um yeah we always have the opportunity to create balance and our intuition is always guiding us to what that thing is yeah and just to reiterate too like an earlier thought like balance being relative to the individual Mm -hmm. um but what you pointed out to the time like 454 for both plate both of those Mm. transits Mm. uh or yeah experiences Mm -hmm. And then also Venus, like four four fifty four equals thirteen, and Venus under this full moon is at thirteen degrees. So, I think there's also like a numerological prominence of really the divine feminine, and that is the intuitive wisdom. That's the, and I like to view intuition as well. It's like we're just simply allowing 
our alignment with Mother Earth. Because animals, like they're not sitting there like writing in a notebook, calculating their next steps. Like they're just simply an instinct yeah. all the time. Yes. Well, that's what's interesting about divine feminine and 13 because one plus three is four, which is ruled by Mars. Mm-hmm. So the undertone of the divine feminine and its exaltation is trusting the divine will. Yeah. The completely trusting the divine will. No need to force or like caffeinate yourself. Caffeinate. Any other form of adrenal panic. Adrenal, like, yeah, (laughs) like just like activating the body. I mean, of course, like you need to find practices to activate the Mars. So, you know, have your practices, but um, really it's like, trusting in your divine will if you are if divine will says drink coffee and do this like that's your divine will you know some days it'd be like that but some days it'd be like that and then you drink like hell eat consume hella fats to like balance it out you know like yeah and we know we know the divine feminine knows how to fill the void of pain and suffering say, which like, comes from the will yeah so funny too like the frequency of the four of mars behind the feminine it's like just the purest forms of nature like the the penetration of the feminine it doesn't have to be violent if if the feminine's being honored through divine will like you know it's like a flower growing so sensual a flower, it's sex we, it's everything we think of like we think of the feminine as flower as the flower yeah it's not doing anything but it exists there because of the will growing it yeah and just by living in alignment with the blueprint that's already at hand that flower grows and gives off nectar that then calls forth the bees and the birds to penetrate which sustains its life yeah and pollinates it without it even doing it right So maybe then too, this is, I feel like we're going, it's still a tangent, but here we are. Um, here for it. Here for it. I think we can view like a, an exaltation of Mars energy as well. It's like less penetrate, less force. Mm-hmm. Like you said, divine will. It's, mm-hmm. it's Mars pollinates when it's in alignment. It knows where to go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm beautiful so i feel like this is a good transition to do some oracle sure does that feel good okay great um we have um the astro star codes astro deck yum and um what i would love is um to take a second to shuffle and i'm going to set us up so we can turn on the camera I think I will light a little incense for this. Sorry, y'all, a little loud loud noise. What's the, what's like, what do they say? Like, you know, like, please hold loading. I'm going to just, we're going to take a moment here. It's going to be quiet for a moment. all energies involved. 
<laughs> so taking deep breaths. We are we are getting the setup ready. Giggling and sorry, y'all. Time to get your tea. As much as alignment, here, let's use this pillow. That'd be nice. Alignment. As much as intuition is, what did you say? Survival. Survival. Okay, that thought just came and went, but we'll uh, we'll see if it <laughs> gets retrieved. Okay. So we've got cards, we've got sage. We've got cards, we've got sage. <sighs> oh, yeah. So we're each going to pull a card um, and just do a little oracle here and see what else um, wants to come out for this transmission for the new men. Where's the runes? In my lap. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll shuffle the runes. So just asking what messages want to come through under this new moon for the collective, this cycle. Connecting all the way back to 2020, I might, I might, I might add, because the Lula Rose is here with us and there is this energy of like, resurgence, bringing back relationships, opportunities, mm. expressions of art and self under this new moon. We have Gemini, are you kidding me? Gemini, I can't. It says, it literally is the bees and it says cross pollinate. I've never even seen this deck before. This is amazing. Wow, bees and cross-pollinate. Cross-pollinate. So community is immunity as well. Like community. some of that Aquarius energy, like cross-pollinate, we can't just pollinate ourselves. Like can be fun sometimes, but ultimately we need that uh, sharing of everything. But I think in, in a tangible way, um, yeah. There's yeah. wisdom in, there's wisdom in different like material buildup. Like matter is actually magic because it's like the energetic form of the divine, like the physical form of the energy of the divine. So to cross pollinate, to share, like just literally like touch your arm right now and cross pollinate in that way and let our like microbiome on our skins communicate is so sacred. Mm, yeah, when I was thinking of Aquarius energy is that energy of nucleuses coming together. I thought of bees and their, their role within the honey hive, you know, essential. And every role is a little bit different. You know, like they have a sector of the colony that they support. Yeah. Possibly not though. There might just be like any honeycomb you can tell homie, but they might be organized in a way <laughs> where, you know, like they have like, they do one sector of the world of their world at a time. So I feel like with bees, it's like, and I, oh, and I also read with you recently that a bee sting 
has been scientifically proven to heal breast cancer. Literally healing of the heart and the organs over the heart. So really beautiful to, to receive that card. Is there anything else you want to share about it? We're going to do some runing. Yeah, I just need to get in my Pisces to feel it. Yeah. So the rune that's coming up for this reading is the rune of joy and serenity. I'm wondering if I can pull up the original name for it here. No. It's funny, I have I have two uh, books for the runes, y'all. If you ever want to learn about the runes, these are my go-to, Ralph Baum and Susan Lohan. Um, but yeah, having this rune of joy and serenity feels so good because I feel like that's been a major guiding light for me and how I choose to go about my business. If it doesn't make me feel good, if I don't feel serene, then maybe it's not really in alignment. Mm. And just prioritizing what feels serene. Like serenity is such a good feeling. Mm. On the rune of wheels, this rune is opposite compassion. Um, and it is square to humor and love. It trines, or no, it also has a connection to denial and wisdom and serenity and courage and guilt. So yeah, the shadow is uh, guilt or denial and the higher light is courage, um, compassion, and wisdom. So yeah, serenity, joy being a big focus for this month. Hmm. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Do you want to pull one of these as well? Yeah, why not? It's just, I think it's so funny that the frequency of two being so strong, um, why not have a double-double oracle? Oh my God, yeah. Calling in another sign, another symbol for the collective. You can go first. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh. All right. One of my favorites. Find out. Oh, forgiveness and movement. The big oh, M. Oh, forgiveness and movement. It's funny because when you pulled serenity and joy, I was also thinking about how like, like, yes, we want to assess, is this bringing me serenity or joy in this moment? But like the movement that forgiveness pulls us through, whether it's forgiveness for ourselves or others, um, can really catalyze us through challenge to find greater serenity on the other side of discord. Mm. 
So it's like, okay, if it's not serenity, like we have to be really, again, Mercury retrograde back in Virgo too. Like we have to be really discerning of, is this actual serenity or am I avoiding the hurdle? Yeah. Serenity and complacency are not equal. Nope. Mm-mm. But I love that, like, it's movement, but also forgiveness, because to forgive is to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, I think, a lot to be forgiven if we look back to the connection of 2020 to now and some of the karmic things that we're working through. Yeah. So if we're trying to, like, expand to the next level and we are still holding on to the past and not forgiving it's really not it's going to be this like facade of joy yeah facade of serenity but by forgiving it opens up the heart yeah you want to see the correlations i do i just was having a it's funny because when we we don't when we don't forgive others it's because we don't forgive ourselves for something internally and when we don't forgive ourselves we're just like denying ourselves that serenity yeah we just have that like connective tissue of thought mm-hmm. um so on the other side of forgiveness opposite gratitude mm-hmm. which i guess is interesting yes exactly the opposite of holding a grudge is to say no i'm grateful for this yeah yeah and I guess it's since it's opposite gratitude like gratitude implies you've like pretty much already moved through the forgiveness or there's nothing to forgive in the first place yeah because there is nothing to forgive in the first yeah exactly I want to see um in this book what mm. gratitude is in here just to compare strength <laughs> so movement opposite strength I guess strength, again, affiliating that with Leo in the tarot, fixed, it's fixed. So. Strength opposite movement is that if you don't have the strength, you will not move. Or if you think you need more strength than you have. Right. Like strength is an interesting thing because you can have a strength in one area and that can actually cause a tear or a weakness somewhere else. So that's why strength, to have strength is to, to strive to have wholeness in your strength instead of just strength in one area and weakness in another. Yeah. But like overworking the muscle. <laughs> that full movement, having like healthy movement creates healthy strength. So again, it's so powerful with Mars and Gemini. It's like movement is the strength of the mutable signs. Yes. Willingness to move on willingness to move on as well yeah. because cardinal like has there's nothing it's like attached to it's like the beginning but but mutable energy has to move on from the fixed and get over it <laughs> yeah like create let it go just continue on yeah because it dies out it's like commit devotion to the whole yeah yeah Wow, that's really interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I got the seventh house. Um, I'm, I kind of like mixed up my deck a little bit here as I pulled that. That's super interesting. Hold on, let me just loading.
did I? I don't know what's happening. No, I think I'm good. So I got the seventh house of relationships and <laughs> yeah, obviously this Libra new moon, Libra season is ruled by the energy of relationships and seventh house is all about that. If we have an Aries rising as the um, Zodiac start, seventh house is ruled by Libra. And so yeah, I just feel like all the oracles I'm getting are just so direct and so simple and so affirming. Um, and that, you know, what we're meant to be doing this season is making important connections and relationship and, you know, doing what we have to in order to tie up loose ends within relationships that don't align or communicating how to create more alignment within relationships, holding your boundaries within relationships, but, but how the boundary is not the problem. How you hold your boundary can become the problem. Or the boundary is, is, is your gift and how you communicate your boundary is the gift to how the person yeah. to the person that you're setting the boundary with. Because as you set a boundary, you create the opportunity for your needs to be met and the person or the thing around you that's happening that is desiring to be met in some way. Um, so the more we can communicate um, or even through our body language and through our awareness, um, we begin to create that balance. It's funny too, because like how we communicate a boundary also affects how it's received. So it's, I think the more, the more firm we are in our truth of our boundary, the more gently we can deliver it. And then sometimes the recipient of that boundary can pleasantly surprise us. And we're like, whoa, there's actually opportunity to collaborate here. Certain boundaries maybe don't need to be as harsh as I thought. Chiron and Aries, like knee-jerk reactions. Yeah, the card here is a mandala with a hand, like reaching another hand and they're holding hands and the other hand is full of like flowers and it looks like there's ribbons of bark wrapped around the person the people's hands tying them together but they're not bonded you can easily like break out of that paper mache wrap um and it's a choice to be in that energy and to also to like fortify it to fortify the hand holding with this ribbon Um, that can be easily removed but it's like embellishing that connection yeah so yeah i think it's really powerful that what this symbolizes to me and the seventh house is about relationships that are significant and that help us to fall more in love with our identity and our truth Mm. so i think there will be at least for me i know in my life a connection with students and teachers that really are powerful for me And I think that if you're watching this and if you are um, aligning with the highest possibilities of this season, you will find students of your magic and you will find teachers as well. All right. How do you feel? Do you want to share anything? We good. We're at, we're at it. (laughs) I feel like a, so much definitely feeling the Gemini energy just like so much coming through that um just trusting you know I think when people listen the right messages will land um, mm. back to that fool on the hill thought I had of 
not everything we have to share is for everyone and that's okay that's actually great Mm. because as you said it helps us find those pod nucleuses of Mm. community that we're meant to be around Mm. beautiful so that pretty much concludes this wonderful transmission and time together um i want to share that alula and i are both so in love with the process of working with people that desire and grow from astrological and symbolic reflection. Um, Ula is, as you can tell, a very powerful translator. And if you're looking for anyone to help you with translating the experience of your life with you or moving through that, um, you know where to find me, um, starrylima.com. And I am currently taking new clients I just lowered my pricing by a tremendous amount. You can now get an hour long reading with me for $88. I have a couple packages. Um, All of my um, options to work with me are now between the range of 20 and $222. Um, So you can learn more about how you can get a reading with me um, live for 20, I think it's $20. We can go live together. And I'll read your chart and we'll share your chart with the world. Um, Or we can have private readings, um, one or several uh, together. So if you're interested in getting a reading with me, go to staralignment.com and check that out. And for Alula, I'm not sure what your capacity is, but I know you're amazing. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots cooking. I think I'm just rolling with like my mutable qualities of, I feel very, um, in love with adapting and being very free form in my offerings. So I like to collaborate with the clients that resonate and see what comes forth. Um, but in a more structured way, I am really honing in on some ancestral family lineage healing through working with Chiron. Um, so I have an offering right now called the core of Chiron and there's a couple different tiers to it. I also work with a sliding scale, so feel free to reach out. And then soon don't want to put a timeline on it, but soon I'll be launching my seven layers of Saturn program. Uh, it's the journey from shame to sovereignty. So it's a, it's a deep, uh, potent portal. We'll say it like that. It's about two months long of integrated online learning that you take yourself through. Cause that's ultimately Saturn. You've got you, I trust you to get you. Um, but then I'll be there as well for one-on-one sessions woven throughout to so help facilitate. Yeah. I'm I'm so so grateful. grateful. (laughs) This is so, so beautiful. I love you so much, Stephanie. Thank you for hosting me here. And I also just want to shout out to your community here as well. Mm -hmm. Like not only hosting me on this podcast so graciously, but um, just really nurturing me in so many ways. So many ways. Mind, body, soul, heart. I love you. I love you too. I wouldn't be here without you. And I'm so grateful that we get to have a conversation and know each other. Know, I don't know. It's very rare to be able to connect with people in this way. So yeah, shout out to the community and shout out to anyone tuning into the podcast. Alula and I are very aware of what it takes, the sacrifice that it it takes to even connect on the internet, consume on the internet. Um, and that it's a very selective process. 
Um, so if you're still here with us, um, we're really, really grateful. And I think that we will continue to collaborate. So keep an eye out for Lula and I um, possibly doing some in-person workshops in the future. <coughs> and, oh, is my throat chakra clearing? Like, yes. Yes. And also um, I have a studio in Pawtucket, Rhode Island that is pretty much ready to go. It's amazing here. Um, Alula helped me get the place ready so that all the art is just where it should be because she's a genius like that. And I've created a space that is very sacred, intended for healing and astrological self-care healing practices. Um, and this is why I call myself a naturopathic astrologer um, because I'm, I just, I'm very grateful to bring awareness to ways of healing ourselves in a natural way, um, through herbs, through pattern recognition and um, truth. So thank you for being so willing in your life and your consciousness to see the truth and to be willing to share that. Yeah. Because that's what we need together to be having great days. You know, like having life is comprised days. of days. Life is comprised of conversation and awareness. And yes, it can be very heady to explore archetypes and some might find like, what is the point? Um, but really it, it's, um, it's an art form to reflect and it's a practice and a, it's a ritual that um, is similar to the asana practice in yoga where we think of this material, physical flowing and learning how to adjust and um, thinking mentally about what's happening cosmically is its own yoga practice. Yeah. So wonderful. Thank you for being here. Mm -hmm. Um, so Lula Rose and thank you so much to the Starry Lemon community. Let us know by leaving a review of the podcast or commenting on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify, leave us a review on iTunes and um, we'll see you guys soon. Mm, much love. Thank you so much. May you live in alignment now and always. always.